This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to our show. Brenda Chateau, welcome. Thank you, Christopher. All right. Well, we are here to talk about some line dance things. I've got some line dance questions. Uh, first of all, this is Brenda Chateau. What would you say is your role in the line dance community? I would say that I am mostly a teacher. I'm seen as an instructor. Um, more recently, I've done some choreography, so a little bit of choreography. And before that, I was a student, just like you. <laughs> All right. And uh, what, what is your background in dance? Like, what brought you from you know, crawling to walking to dancing to here? Aha, uh-huh. the history of Brenda's dance life. That's okay. right. Well, I was always interested in dance as a kid. I wanted to do ballet, but my family couldn't really provide that for me. So I did some classes at school, um, mostly high school. I was on a dance, I was in a dance club and put on some shows. And I did a little bit of choreography for one of the dance numbers that um, I had with the group, just a little bit. That was my start. I also did some high school um, flag squad work, which was using a baton with a flag on it, throwing it around. That was really fun. And I just love to dance and move to music, so I went right into aerobic dance. And I did aerobic dance all through college, all through the birth of my two children. And I joined the gym here and found Joan Price's line dance class here in Sebastopol. And as soon as I started line dance class, everything else went away. (laughs) No more working out at the weights, uh, no more aerobics classes. I just wanted to line dance all the time. It was like I'd found home. So that was in 2005, and I've been doing it ever since. And how did you go from dancer to teacher and choreographer? Um, 2005, I was just a student in a class, and Joan had um, her husband, who was a substitute teacher, and there was another second grade teacher who used to come in and substitute. She was a student as well. Well, Joan's husband is no longer with us, and the other teacher quit coming, and Joan was desperate for a sub. So I was the next person in line. I had a little bit of practice teaching the class some dances that I had learned and Joan just encouraged me and she she got me started and gave me lots of feedback and I just kept honing my skills until we started our group Wine Country Line Dance and um, I'm their main instructor so I teach at all their monthly socials and and that's how I got into teaching. And as far as choreography I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with you based on the dances that you've done. How did you um, decide, oh, I'm going to create something new and bring that to the community? I didn't. (laughs) I was communicating with a friend, um, an internet girlfriend. She's a line dancer in Florida. At the time, she wasn't in Florida, but she is now. And she said, Brenda, you should write a dance. And I said, I don't know the first thing about it. I don't know anything about it. She goes, I will teach you what I know. So she took me under her wing. Her name is Lisa McCammon, and her and I wrote our first line dance um, in 2000, I want to say 10, but I'm not really sure now. <laughs> I think it was 2010. And with her being on the East Coast and me on the West Coast, we would video each video ourselves, put it up on YouTube so that only we could see it. And that's how we communicated. That and emails back and forth. And it took us about three months. Wow. Yeah. And the dance was Don't Stay. And I think she had this in mind all along. But as October came along, she said, and we finished it, she said, now you need to take it to Las Vegas Dance Explosion and compete in a choreography contest. And I'm like, are you kidding? No, not me. I'm way too scared to do anything like that. But she said, no, you can do it. You can do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. She just kept encouraging me, and I signed.
kind of, actually, she signed me up. <laughs> she signed me up, I think, and, and from then on, I was like, I had to do it. So I did it. We took first place, and the prize was to come back the following year as a teacher. So I did it, and the following year, I entered a competition again, and I think that dance was, hmm, I think it was I'm Mad. Might have been the year after. I've done. I won three competitions, so I'm officially retired. Oh wow! Um, I'm not going to enter any more. Let somebody else take the prize. So mm -hmm. three, three first place wins was pretty awesome over three years. Going out on top. Yeah, yeah. So I'm coming back this year as a teacher, and hopefully um, Doug and Jackie will invite me back to teach again with, with Buck. And do you have a favorite dance of yours that you've created? Well, the most successful dance was I'm Mad. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorites. I think. My second favorite is probably She Gives Me Love. It's a nightclub, and it was my first nightclub, my only nightclub. I only have a handful of dances, but I take my time. I, I have a full-time job as a third-grade elementary school teacher, so I don't, and I take West Coast Swing lessons two to three times a week, so I don't have a lot of spare time to choreograph. So when I do, I really focus on making the dance fit the music and picking music that I think a majority of people will enjoy classes here all seem to like my choreography. What is your method for putting the steps in their places? Uh, I listen to the song a lot, mm. over and over. I phrase it out to see where the verses and the choruses and the pre-courses and the interludes and the, where I'm going to need tags and so forth, uh, where I'm going to need restarts. I phrase it out first and then I start looking at how I'm going to make um, the phrasing. Will it be a 32 count or a 48 count or and from there, I start looking within each set of eight, what do I want to hit? And how is the best way to hit it? Will I hit it with my body? Will I hit it with my footwork? Um, and just decide from there. And just make sure it all flows. It has to flow, and it has to fit the music. When you say flow, what does that describe? Flow, meaning um, from one move to the next, it shouldn't feel uncomfortable to your body. It should feel like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting way of phrasing yeah, and I do get feedback from people that my dances flow. One of my friends says, I love all your dances because they don't hurt my knees. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. yeah. And what is your toolkit for, for getting steps? Like, uh, a person who's just starting in line dance might know a basic grapevine and a, a coaster step and a sailor step. Where is your, your source of uh, movements? Good question. Um, in my West Coast Swing practice, in my lessons, one of my teachers puts on the music and just says, move to the music. And we just kind of let it happen. Let it grow organically from whatever is in your body already. I mean, I don't typically put in movements that I haven't done previously, so whether I've done them in aerobics classes or in my West Coast Swing practice um, or from way back when I was on the flag squad in high school. It's like somewhere in my body, I have the movements, and they just, I put on the music, and I just start moving. And sometimes it takes um, three or four different you know, attempts to get something to fit the way I want it to, but it's, that's why I spend a lot of time on it, because the end result is always better. Mm. So. Mm. <laughs> Do you think that you've developed a personal style? Like if somebody saw your silhouette, and just you dancing, what is it that they would point out and say, oh, that's Brenda out there? Uh, probably smoothness of my steps. Mm -hmm. I'm, 
again, that comes from my West Coast swing training. We roll through our feet, try to keep the head and the shoulders more level. Um, that's definitely impacted my line dance. I, in fact, I, I felt like my line dance styling was really stale. I hadn't progressed in five years of dancing and I wanted to, so in 2011 I took up West Coast Swing to help my line dance. <laughs> and I think it has. I think I do probably have a recognizable style, not so recognizable to me, but other people um, would probably recognize me as a silhouette. Mm. I think it's the smoothness, yeah, and the long legs. <laughs> Dead giveaway. Yeah, that's definitely something I've seen in, in your classes. Yeah. Um, contemporary line dance. What yes. is that and how does that differ from, say, club and bar line dancing that a lot of people are familiar with? So I only have a limited amount of experience in club and bar scene, kind of country dancing. But from what, what I know of that world, the dances are um, not necessarily phrased to fit a certain song. The dance can, um, maybe it's a 32 count phrasing with no restarts or tags, and they just, uh, the dancers just repeat it over and over again, regardless of whether the music has started a new phrase and you're at the beginning of the, the dance phrase or not. So that's my impression of club dancing. Uh, and that's perfect for club dancing because you're focused more on the environment that you're in, the atmosphere, and there's alcohol often involved in um, craziness and, <laughs> um, and the level of dancing that I've seen in clubs is really good. I mean, I've, I've been really impressed with some of the um, men and women and their dance style. And some of the men I've seen turn dozens of times on their cowboy boots. And uh, it's not that the, they're not dancing great. They're just dancing differently. They're not paying, it doesn't bother them to be off phrase with the music. In the contemporary world, this is an important we do not like to dance off phrase to the music when we're doing intermediate level line dances. So like the dances I've created, um, every time a new verse or a new chorus starts, the dance has to start from the beginning because the, the rhythm that I'm hitting has to match those lyrics or the rhythm of the song. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, if there's an unusual phrase, maybe it's a 32 count phrase song most of the time, and then one section is 24. In contemporary line dance, we would restart the dance at 24 counts or do something to acknowledge that there is a change in the pattern of um, the song, so we're gonna change our steps to match it. So I'd say that is one of the primary differences. The other primary difference is the type of music we select. We do select country music. We have a lot of country line dances in our we also have waltzes and cha-chas and nightclubs and West Coast swings and salsa. Any um, any genre of music is welcome and really required. I mean, we don't want to do nightclub after nightclub after nightclub for an hour at a time. We want the variety in our world. So I'd say those are the two basic differences in my experience. Okay. And where do the people who learn what is their venue? Where do they go to do the dances that they've learned? Um, you could go to a country bar to learn some of the dances, but again, you're going to be limited to whatever is played at the bar, whatever music is played. So contemporary line dance classes usually have
outside of the, the club scene. So people, instructors like myself or Joan Price or any of my colleagues, we will rent a space and hold a class there and you just try to charge enough from your students and get enough students to cover your costs and hopefully have a little bit of extra for yourself and to purchase your music and your equipment and so forth. Um, senior centers have a lot of contemporary line dance. Um, where else? This is a gym that I work at, Coach's Corner here in Sebastopol. There, we're really fortunate that um, they allow, you know, have, have a, a line dance class to offer to their classes, to their members. And I, I don't know of any other places. It's just individuals that can find a space. Sometimes I, I think recreation clubs will ask um, instructors, local instructors, if they would like to hold a class so that there can be a, you know, like an eight-week session or a, whatever fits their program. And when you're creating a space as a venue, as an alternative to a club or a bar, what's important to include in that so that people can fully express themselves and feel confident? Mm -hmm. um, so some things to consider when you're renting a space, basically. Well, like if I were uh, asking a person who goes to like every country bar in, in town and, and uh, saying, well, what is it that, uh, that makes you feel like you can go all out at this kind of a place? They might say the lights, the DJ, um, the decorations, mm -hmm. things like that. And since contemporary line dance, it sounds like uh, is hosted in a very different kind of scene. How do people still get the sense that uh, a, a space has been created different from the outside world? where I can do these movements and feel free. I think the instructor has a lot to do with that. Really? I think the instructor is a key to creating the environment for the class. Um, you want to, you know, I, my, I should just talk about myself. I strive to be somebody who welcomes everybody who comes through my door, um, try not to create any kind of competition. It's a social experience that we are coming for doesn't matter what level you are. Um, and I, you know, a lot of what I've learned again is from my, my first instructor, Joan Price, just creating a welcoming environment. And um, she says, doesn't matter if you have two left feet, you know, you're welcome to come to our class. It's a little tricky to, um, to manage a class, beginner through advanced. Um, in this situation that we have, we could have a non-dancer or a non-line dancer walk into our club and join our beginner class any day, any class. It's not like we start every eight weeks with a new session. So managing the new people that come in, as well as having people who've been coming for months and months and they're ready for a little bit more from your beginner class, you know, making all of them happy, making all of them feel welcome is, is tricky, um, but it can be done. And then you want to welcome those beginners because they become your intermediate class and your intermediates um, are a part of welcoming those beginners too, because it's intimidating to be a non-dancer or a new dancer, come in and see these intermediates doing these beautiful, what you think of beautiful movements, and um, new to you, it can be a little daunting, so you, want, you just want to make people feel welcome. And as far as my um, more experienced dancers, I try to bring some of what I've learned from my, the West Coast Swing lessons into my line dance, but I also know that some of them are just here for exercise. Some of them just want the camaraderie of being in the class, and the styling and how they look as dancers is not their first priority. So again, I think it comes back to the teacher. 
to recognize what her students want. You know, I actually have, we have a beginner group here and our intermediate group here at the gym. I have another group of advanced people. They really want to be pushed. They want to know how to style their dancing and they want to be challenged to learn um, new movements that may not be typical in line dance, uh, intermediate level dances. Um, they want that. So we have different classes to opt to meet those different needs. What sort of movements would be at that <laughs> uh, top of the pyramid, you might say? Uh, the movements can be, have more body movement in them. You know, you can really line dance knowing almost nothing about dance. If you can walk, you can line dance. So I would say that the more advanced people, they want to know how to create a nicer looking, how to make, create nicer lines, how to make their body do different movements. Body rolls always come up as something that people have a hard time with. So in that group, I can teach them how to do body rolls. I can teach them, talk to them about moving from their center, from their cores, to create nicer movement. Um, and then they are also open to all kinds of funky stuff that um, some people who are more social dancers might not enjoy. They like harder dances that are flowy in um, nightclubs that are really smooth. They enjoy that and being able to add some arm movement to that that maybe in the more um, traditional classes, people might not want to do the arm movements. They feel a little bit more intimidated or uncomfortable. So in my advanced group, they, they go for it. What uh, methods have you seen used by other instructors that you found to be particularly effective? Methods for teaching what? Oh, for um, teaching line dance. And really any aspects like styling. Because at this yeah. point, I'm sure you've seen a variety of different dancers oh, yeah. in the scene. And, and different instructors. Yeah. Um, before I, I, when I first started instructing, I would go to line dance events, weekend events, which are held all around California, all around the world. A lot on the East Coast that, um, that I went to, I studied by watching how teachers taught. And as a student in the class, I, uh, I knew how effective the teacher was at getting me to do what he or she wanted, but I could also watch the rest of the class and see how well the students were getting it based on their teaching style. So from instructor to instructor, I was able to um, pick out what I saw as key teaching points that helped your students get the dance. Um, and when to, at, when to talk about styling or when to talk about body movement compared to when to just give them the steps. So I really kind of not consciously studied, but I was studying as a student. I was studying which teachers have the most effective teaching strategies. And of course, um, Rachel McEnany comes out on the top of the list. Um, right along with Guyton Mundy, Niels Paulson. I've actually taken a, an instructor workshop from Niels Paulson. Um, and I hear from people all the time, not just my students here, but when I teach in Vegas, that you know they were able to do a dance that they didn't think they could do, and they attribute it back to my teaching skills. So it could come from being you know a teacher of eight-year-olds. <laughs> I'm used to breaking things down in ways that they can get. I'm used to reading my class to see how they're doing and what I need to do to modify my instruction. Who do you think should line dance? Like, who have you noticed seems to get the most out of it? Like, what cross-sections of the population uh, would really resonate with this? Can we take a break for a second? Most definitely. <laughs> we're going to take a break. And we're back. <laughs> All right. 
So the, the last question that we had for you was, uh, who should learn line dance? Who would especially benefit from it? And based on your experiences with uh, students that you've had and seen, uh, who seems to resonate the most with it? What, what are their backgrounds? Okay, so who should learn line dance? Um, anybody who has an interest in moving to music. And the line dance community that I've experienced is very social, so I would also say anybody who wants to find a new social group. <laughs> And your second question was? Um, oh, the backgrounds of the people that you have seen, like uh, that you've specifically observed, who tends yeah. to, to flock toward this? Wow, that's a pretty diverse group. There are both people who have um, had some kind of dance background and people who have had absolutely no dance background, and all ages as well. Um, I just saw a video recently of like a little six-year-old doing a, a hip-hop line dance amongst all the adults. Mm. And that was in another country, but I would love to see more students, um, younger, younger people, I should say, coming to the line dance community, especially knowing that they can dance to contemporary music, although I think most of them are drawn into the country music at this point. But um, I guess I've seen a lot of seniors. We have a whole community here um, in Sonoma County of senior line dancers. And they would pref they kind of prefer the dances that don't have um, such a quick pace to them, a little bit slower music, but not slow. And they're very social as well. They get together, a lot of them outside of their line dance classes, and build new friendships. Um, did I answer your question completely? <laughs> so, okay. So for people who are less familiar with line dance, who are kind of on the fence about it, Maybe their friends are telling them they should go, but they don't believe that they would enjoy it. What do you think would surprise them about line dance that, uh, that they might not even have considered? Well, the most common misconception is that all line dancing is done to country music. Mm. If I tell people, I tell people I'm a line dancer, they automatically go right to the country music because they've seen Footloose um, or you know, John Travolta's movie from a while back, when you were, probably before you were born. Saturday Night Fever? Um, no. Oh, um, Urban Cowboy? Urban Cowboy, yeah. So that, those are generally people's first impressions of line dance, and when I tell them I don't typically dance to country music, they look at me like, well then what do you dance to? <laughs> and then I have to explain all the different genres of music, which we've already gone over, but yeah, they typically, the biggest mis misconception is that it's all done to country music, and it's usually done in bars. When people come here to the club, they are often surprised that they're not dancing to country music all the time. What do you think people in the community can do to be better ambassadors for line dance? In what ways should we be contributing? I, you know, I don't have any brilliant ideas, but the more we talk about it, um, I think the more we invite people to come and experience it for themselves, then we are being ambassadors. What do you see in the future of line dance? Well, now that Guyton Monday has announced his retirement, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I see some young people coming up out of the Netherlands that are really exciting. Mm -hmm. And our community has always um, embraced and welcomed new choreographers. I mean, I felt like there were already so many choreographers. Why would I want to be a that's what I said to my girlfriend, Lisa, why would I want to be a choreographer? We already have so many great ones. But I've, I've been so welcomed 
as a new choreographer. And I see new people coming along all the time. And um, everybody is absolutely welcoming to them. Even though there are, what, 30 new line dances or more every single day being published, and none of us can keep up hardly at all with, you know, with most of them. Um, it's still an area for people who want to be creative and want to try their hand at uh, choreography. What problems in line dance do you think still have yet to be solved? Well, the the idea of that all line dance is country, that's, that comes to mind. Um, within that, in, in Europe, there are some groups called New Line. There's an NU line and NEW line. And um, some of, sometimes that can feel divisive, not just those groups, but that there might be a group who prefers funky and then a group who prefers country. And, and I think we just need to stick together. We, we just need to be one community and we need to appreciate each other um, for whatever it is that we like. And we really can all be, you know, in the same room having a good time. And you know, if you sit out and dance once in a while and watch somebody else, that's really fun too. So just we just need to stick together, keep our community together. And speaking of watching, I have some dance-related questions here. Do you enjoy watching dances that you don't do? And if so, what do you like about those dances? Um, I do enjoy watching dances that I don't know. I get. I go to events and I, I watch specifically for what will my next teach be. Make a list of things um, that I see on the floor that I like. Uh, I love to watch some of the, the pro, you know, pros in our community, Rachel McEnany and Guyton and Niels. Um, love to watch them dance, see how they interpret their own choreography. Uh, a lot of times because they have uh, you know, danced their own dances every weekend, everywhere they go where they're teaching, um, they start to hear things in the music. And um, it's fun to watch how they interpret that with their movement. I know uh, a couple weekends ago we were with Ruben Luna and he, he there was some uh, dance, I think it was might have been one of his dances or somebody's dance, but there was a little ringing of bells at one point and he hit it, you know. I had never even heard the ringing of those bells, but by watching people, I, I hear things in the music that I didn't hear before. So. Okay. And are there any dances that you just don't do? And which, I, you wouldn't necessarily have to say which ones, but what prevents you from not doing some dances? If I don't like the song, I won't do the dance. Um, there are some dances that don't feel good when I dance them. Perhaps the choreography, when we talked about flow earlier, for me, it doesn't flow or doesn't feel good. Um, I, that doesn't happen to me very often. I tend to modify the dance so that I can keep dancing it if I really like it. I, I have, um, I don't really like dances that have a lot of stomping because it's just hard on my, I have an injury on my right knee, so that's hard on me. A lot of stomping and a lot of kicks. That'll keep me from dancing a dance. If you could design the worst possible line dance experience, <laughs> what would that include? A sticky floor really bad speaker system so that the music was not pleasant to listen to, either too tinny or too much bass or too muffled or something. Um, and people in the room that aren't friendly. That would keep me away. Okay. And uh, this is, a, I guess, a 3C question. What conflicts, criticisms, and challenges have you encountered as a line dancer? Well, let's see. 
conflicts. Um, well, conflicts of interest. If you know, when teaching your class, you have some people who like dance and some people who don't. But again, it's up to the teacher to create a, a tolerant um, community within her class. So other than that, uh, some conflicts, not necessarily between people, but just for the teacher in, in picking dances that meet all the different um, interests of your group. Because you know, within a group, you might have people who really, really like dances with lots of fun body rolls, and you might have people who absolutely detest that and don't want to do anything like that. So you have to keep finding that happy medium that meets most people. So that was conflict, and then criticism as far as um, criticism of me or speaking as a guy I know that there there are uh, certain criticisms that one might encounter going to a, a line dance place and getting really into body roles uh, there there are also people who might you know encounter their own criticisms of, the, of themselves and it keeps them away like chases them off but I know that there are some successful uh, you know, personal overcomers out there who have had that happen to them and something got them around it or over it. Mm -hmm. So what, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what are some criticisms that you may have been hit with in the past that you were like, heck with it, I'm going to keep doing it? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know of any criticisms that others have had of me. Um, I'm probably more critical of myself. Yeah. And I'm... Um, because I have done some work in the area of West Coast Swing and um, my teachers are constantly trying to get me to use my arms correctly, when I'm line dancing, I'm a little bit more aware of um, how that might look to other people, that I'm using a little bit too much arm movement, you know, where everybody else might keep their arms kind of at their side, and here I'm trying to practice some of what my teachers have taught me. So I, I guess it's, it looks like you're being a show off do a lot of stuff like that so I'm trying not to do that <laughs> try to keep it try to keep it within whatever the experience of the group is um, but the more I choreograph and teach and the more I learn about my own body movement the less I care so much about that also <laughs> all right and uh, what challenges have you encountered like little personal projects of yours like oh I'm going to get that or uh, any, any other challenges that you well, moonwalks were a challenge. I started working on those um, several years ago, and then they put them in a West Coast swing routine that I was in, and I had to learn them, and I did. And now I love them. Uh, also, my current challenge is doing more than just a double turn. And uh, I mean, I can turn a bunch, but I can't land properly, so that doesn't count. I have to be able to turn multiple times and hit the stick the landing. <laughs> say in gymnastics yeah I want to stick that landing so that's a personal kind of a goal for me and a challenge to and continuing to learn how to move more from my core I know that uh, dance teams are very popular with with some line dancers have you ever considered uh, joining a dance team um, not a line dance team no because most of them are um, country music focused I don't know of any dance teams that are not other than little shows that we put on here and there. Um, I have done dance teams as far as West Coast Swing with partners. We've had teams of 10 to 12 people and we do West Coast Swing so that I do. And I enjoy that a lot. Okay. And what do you see and do in 
everyday life that reminds you of line dancing or makes you think of like, oh, that's kind of a line dancing thing. <laughs> um, well, there are movements even when I when I have my hands full and I need to open the door to go into my house. Um, we have one of those doors that has a handle that sticks out. So I will turn to my side like I'm doing a grapevine and take my elbow and hook my foot behind and push the door open. <laughs> I don't think that's what you were looking for, but it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That and listening to music on the radio, it's like I'm always thinking, oh, this would be a good line dance song. Or I wonder who already has a line dance to this song. I'll go home and copper knob it and see if I can find a dance that I like to that song. So it's everywhere. And what inspires you outside of line dancing? And uh, you know, if if applicable, what uh, what inspires you that then you bring in to the line dance world? Um, let's see. So as far as as far as instruction. Constantly, you know, I teach eight-year-olds all day, but I love come and I, I have humor with my eight-year-olds at their level. But um, I love to come in to my, as an instructor to my um, line dance class and just try to make them laugh a couple of times. Sometimes it's with my the same jokes that I've already used on my eight-year-olds, <laughs> and uh, they're very. This cl my classes, they know I teach third graders and I tease them. Sometimes they're a little bit noisier than my third graders. <laughs> and sometimes my third graders can make better lines than my line dancers. So um, I just try to bring some humor into the class. Make it light, make it fun. Okay. Uh, this one's kind of out of left field, but uh, are there any dances that you think should have taken off and they just didn't, that maybe you wish could be brought back? Um, there are several by Dan Ekernerny out of England that my group and I really enjoyed, but um, they just, you know, I think they took off with a small group of people here in the Bay Area, but they just didn't take off, you know, across the, the country. Um, and I feel like my dance, She Gives Me Love, I think it was a really good dance, and I, I mean, I, it did take first place in Las Vegas, but I just had some feedback from other choreographers that that was a really nice dance, and it didn't go anywhere, you know, outside of my own little group. And I did teach it at a couple places, but it still didn't take off. So you just move on. Just go on to your next one. I've got a couple more questions for you. Uh, one, how would people get in contact with you? Like if, if uh, they wanted to take a class from you or ask you any questions, what would be the, the best ways of contact? Well, I'm definitely on Facebook, Brenda Chateau on Facebook. They can also go to um, my group's Wine Country Line Dance website. It's just winecountrylinedance.com. Um, or they can email me at brenda at winecountrylinedance.com. And your last name is spelled S-H-A-T-T-O, correct? That's hard. And, uh, well, I've got one and a half more questions, I guess. Uh, one is, are, are there any questions that uh, you think should be asked about line dance that maybe I have not asked? Wow, you're pretty thorough. <laughs> Why do you like dance? Why do I, well, I guess you probably did, and we covered that in the beginning. Um, I do it probably for all the reasons I've already stated. It's a, it's a social it's a social function for me. I have a million friends in the world. It has connected me. I didn't say this earlier, but it has connected me to the world. I never had friends outside of you know the United States, and now I can say you know I have friends in Denmark and a few in quite a few in England. 
and I've even met a woman from South Africa. So it has, um, the international Alliance community is really like a family. So All right, and final question. After hearing you speak for this past however many minutes it's been, what dance should everybody go out and learn and do right now? <laughs> well, my dance, City of Angels. <laughs> well, that's and do City of Angels. It's fun. It really hits the music. Yeah, and it's not very hard. It's intermediate level. Well, thank you very much for coming out and chatting with me about all the blind dance stuff. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope your listeners enjoy the podcast. Oh, I think they will. Okay. All right. Until next time.